0: Uh, we have John on hold. Uh, John, thank you for joining us this morning. It's great to have you with us. Mark, how's it going, man? We've chatted before. Are you well? Yes, I'm very well, thank you, and thanks for calling in. Really appreciate it.
1: Yeah. no problem, man. I'm, uh, I'm responding to that call of uh, you wanting people to phone in, so uh, I thought let me take this opportunity and ask a question I've been, uh, been burning to ask for a while. Um, can I shoot can I shoot for it?
0: Yes, go ahead, John. We're listening.
1: All right, All right awesome. Um, so, um, without qualifying the importance of, you know, Jesus, his ministry, why he came, what he did for us, um, without qualifying all of that, I have a question regarding uh, worship directed towards Jesus Christ. So, my sure. question basically is, uh, if we, if, you know, if you're reading the Old Testament how very specific Father God was in, you know, he's a very jealous God. He wants all the worship. He wants, you know, there are no other gods. He Everything is directed towards himself, um, just because he you know he he wants our whole heart, yes, uh, and then when Jesus comes, his whole mission obviously to reunite us with the Father, but also pointing us directly to the Father, everything he does, his miracles, his mission, everything he does uh, points directly to the father, he keeps saying, you know there's, there's no one i'm not good, the father is good so he keeps pointing everyone to the father mm. uh, there's even an example i, I can 't remember the exact scripture, but uh, someone I think receives healing from Jesus. He, he, he falls to his knees, and it, and it specifically says he he worships God. Um, now, my my question is this: Is it a requirement of Jesus, the the person of Jesus Christ, to to receive our worship? Is it a requirement from Him, or do we direct our worship straight to the Father? Um, I know it's I know, I know it's sort of a, a broad question because no, they both deserve our worship.
0: I love it Uh, it, it's a great question and it's an incredibly relevant question John because um, part of uh, the Christian faith is a recognition that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and as the Son of God we recognize that he is of one essence uh, with God the Father and so the question then then becomes well if God the Father is to be worshipped is Jesus Christ to be worshipped and I want to point you to a number of scriptures that that ultimately answer the question as yes And the scripture that I'm going to take you to first is John chapter 9 and I'm taking you there because I happen to I I can't believe how often I say that live on air but I happen to be reading it yesterday and so in John (laughs) chapter 9 I've been going through the book of John as part of my um, my my reading plan in John chapter 9 there's a story of a man who's healed by Jesus Christ and in the context of John I I mean I just want to I just want to give you the context because it's so fascinating in the context of John as well as the other Gospels it seems over and over again many of the healings of Jesus happen around the Sabbath day and the intention is really to bring Jesus into sharp conflict with the Pharisees that are around him it's no different in John chapter 9 the the healing happens on the Sabbath day you might remember the healing um, well It's it's a man that was born blind in actual fact in the narrative the man and his parents get brought into the synagogue and they make much about the fact that he was born blind from birth I mean this wasn't even a man who who had cataracts or or some kind of progressive um, loss of sight. No, this man was born blind; he he had never seen Jesus. Um, uh, Jesus goes about and and heals him. Uh, it's the same passage where he talks about him being in the world and him being the light of the world, um, and uh, j- just the most. A amazing, amazing miracle! Well, the man leaves. He doesn't know that it was Jesus who heals him. He gets brought into the synagogue. Uh, he gets put in front of the Pharisees. They're very upset with him because he's been carrying his mat underneath his arm, um, and that's contrary to their to their rules about what you can do on the Sabbath. And he said, "Well, the man who healed me <laughs> gave me sight. Said that I was to take yeah. up my mat and go." It really comes down to this. Um, they put this man out of the synagogue um, because they're so upset with him. And a little bit later, uh, in the market, he, conf- he he comes into contact with Jesus Christ again. He doesn't recognise Jesus. Uh, Jesus uh, says, toward the end of the chapter, um, that uh, that this is an amazing thing. Uh, you don't know where this comes from, and yet he opens my eyes. The man says, uh, we do know that God does not listen to sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will God listens to him Uh, that's what he was saying just before he gets cast out of the synagogue he then then meets Jesus um, Jesus having heard that he was cast out Jesus asks him the question do you believe in the son of man and maybe just on that title that son of man is a clear reference to Daniel where the son of man uh, is the personification of God Uh, the man answers uh, and who is he so that I might believe in him and Jesus responds well you've seen him And it is he who is speaking to you And the man responds like this Lord I believe And he worshipped him And so we've got a a picture of a man Who is um, healed by Jesus Worshipping Jesus And this isn't the only time that we see um, People worshipping Jesus Even in the gospels You might remember the time uh, Where there was a miracle on the boat The disciples collectively worshipped Jesus Um, at the end of Matthew that very famous um, Great Commission uh, again we see the worship of Jesus uh, on the Mount of Galilee uh, as uh, up to 500 disciples um, gaze upon Christ some doubt um, but in the text it says very clearly that uh, when the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had directed them they saw him and they worshipped him um, but some doubted and again we see this, this, this response to Jesus Christ to his authority to his awesomeness, um, uh, this response being worship. Again, we see worship in the Book of Revelations uh, as we go to Revelation chapter five, chapter six, and chapter seven. As the Apostle John casts his eyes from things below, from this discussion of the churches and from these letters to the churches that are are going around, and as he as he casts his eyes to thing abo- things above, to 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 the glorious worship in heaven above of both the Father, as you've rightly noted, uh, who is worthy of worship but next to the father is the son and over and over again we see worship ascribed to the son uh, in the book of Revelation and so in verse 11 I looked around and I heard around the throne the living creatures and the elders and the voice of many angels numbering myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing and then to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever and so I, I give you those those four verses as a, a the Bible says not only was Jesus worshipped while he was here on earth but Jesus Christ is worshipped in heaven above and so it's right that we sing praises and worship to our heavenly king John is that a comprehensive enough answer
1: yeah that's pretty pretty good uh, thank you very much it's very helpful I'm going to go and uh, get back into the scriptures now Cool. Thank great. you so much, Matthew. I appreciate
0: it, man. Hey, I really appreciate the call. Yeah, thank, thank you, John. Thank
1: you for the awesome show. I tune in every Friday. Thank you so much.
0: Keep oh, it going. That's super encouraging. Thank you for the call. Really appreciate it. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Cheers. God bless. Joe.
1: Go. Keep
0: on. bye. Well, Fokke, uh, even as we, even as we start the show uh, with questions and answers from God's Word, and I can see that the lines are are going, so others are calling in. I'd encourage you to phone in. Let me give you the number again. It is oh one. You need to write this down, quick sticks. <laughs> it is oh one two. 1322. three two two that is the studio line and the second studio line if that one's engaged is oh one two three 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 eight six nine nine would encourage you to call in it's always great to speak to you um, and uh and to hear your voice and to engage and interact with you live on air do thank john for um, kicking us off this morning he kicks us off with such an important topic and that's the, the, the topic of Jesus Christ and the worship of Jesus Christ. Friends Jesus as he was speaking to uh, the woman at the well in John chapter 4 Um, says that God is seeking those who will worship him in spirit and in truth we are to be worshippers of God we have been set aside for that exact purpose and for that exact task there there can be nothing more uh, satisfying to the human soul than than worshipping God and enjoying him uh, in the present today tomorrow and forever and so I would encourage you even as we Um, uh, on a Friday, a work day at the end of our week to start preparing our hearts and our souls to worship the Lord um, over this weekend uh, to set aside time um, to praise His glorious name whether that be with our families um, or with our church family um, in worship of Him on the Lord's Day uh, that we might ascribe all praise and glory uh, to Him Friends, I, I really am looking forward Uh, to interacting with you this morning um, answering questions and answers that you might have Uh, the studio line let me remind you is 012-334-1322 as we um, uh, as we continue our conversation um, let me take you to a passage which talks about the worship um, of Jesus Christ and in this case um, it's fascinating in the book of Psalms chapter 2 we read the following why do the nation's rage and the people's plot in vain the kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed and that word anointed Um, is is carried as a scarlet thread the whole way through scripture both the Old Testament and the New Testament this idea of an anointed one this idea of a Christ of a Messiah um, saying let us burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us now he who sits in the heavens laughs and the Lord holds them in derision uh, then he will speak to them in his wrath and terrify them in his fury, saying, "As for me, I have set my king." Uh, this is talking of the person of Jesus Christ. This is the Father ascribing glory and praise to the Son. Uh, I w- I will set my king on Zion, my holy hill, uh, and I tell you of the decree the Lord said to me you are my son today i have begotten you ask of me and i will make the nations your heritage and the ends of the earth your possession and you will break them with a rod of iron and dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel and now therefore kings be wise be warned O rulers of the earth serve the lord with fear and rejoice with trembling kiss the sun um, uh, lest he be angry and you perish in the way for his wrath is quickly kindled blessed are all who take refuge in him Um, what an amazing psalm which talks of this relationship between god the father and god the son and an indictment against the world which ultimately hates jesus christ and is cast against him Um, but this affirmation of God the the Father uh, calling on humanity to kiss the son lest he be angry uh, and you perish in the way for his wrath is quickly kindled and blessed are all you who take refuge in him friends there is safe refuge in the person of Jesus Christ he alone is our Lord and our God Um, this morning We are looking at questions and answers. We are answering questions live on air uh, on Table Talk. The telephone number for you to dial in is 012-334-1322. I am looking forward uh, to interacting uh, with you today. I do know that there are a number of people that are listening in on on Facebook I did ask you guys to comment and so thank you very much uh, Penny uh, who is um, uh, who is listening in on Facebook just tuned in had to get my washing on the line before the rain comes I did notice those heavy clouds uh, in the sky this morning. Um, Penny then says hi again I'm sure healing took place every day but the ones that are mentioned are to highlight the Sabbath episodes and and Penny uh, yes that's a great observation Um, uh, rather than a question uh, if I had to turn it into a question it would be it would be like this why are some uh, miracles highlighted in the gospel and not all miracles highlighted in the gospel I think that's a that's a great question and one that's worthy of consideration um, let me start th- that conversation in terms of why the miracles on the Sabbath were highlighted by all four of the gospel authors by taking you to the book of John. At the end of the book of John, there is this this really fascinating and encouraging in many ways, um, uh, kind of like a, a postscript that John writes in his book after he speaks about um about Jesus and Thomas you'll remember Thomas the the doubting Thomas uh, who wasn't with the 10 disciples uh, on the day that Jesus Christ rose from the grave uh, and then said you know unless I, I see him unless I, I stick my finger into the holes in his hand and put my hand into the hole in his side um I, I'm going to struggle to believe Um and then 8 days later the disciples were inside again and Thomas was with them the doors were locked Jesus came amongst them and said peace be to you and he said to Thomas Put your finger here and see my hands And put your hand here and place it in my side Do not disbelieve but believe And Thomas answered him And this is the the pinnacle This is the absolute peak of John's gospel Thomas gazing on the resurrected Jesus Christ As an act of worship says My Lord and my God And Jesus said to him Have you believed because you have seen me? blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed which is really speaking of us friends and and then John the 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 writer the apostle the the apostle that Jesus loved the disciple that Jesus loved writes these words now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples which are not written in this book but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ the Son of God and that by believing, you might have life in His name. I mean, just to unpack those two sentences, and they are remarkable sentences. And to and to really use them to to speak uh, to what Penny was saying, as in this observation uh, that not all the miracles are recorded, but the the miracles on the Sabbath highlight this this growing tension between Jesus Christ and the religious elite leaders of Israel and um, the Apostle John says very clearly in verse 30 of chapter 20 that Jesus did many other signs in actual fact he, he goes on to say that if if they were if all of them were written there probably wouldn't be enough books in all the world to accommodate uh, everything uh, that that Jesus did he, he says that um, uh, in verse 25 of the next chapter now there were also many other things that Jesus did were every one of them to be written I suppose that the world itself could not contain the books that would be written and so uh, the 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 gospel writers are are very specific in the content that they choose, and each gospel writer chooses the content and then compiles the content in order to tell a very specific story. Now, they they uh, Mark, for instance, is writing largely to a, to what we assume is a Greek audience, and so um, a Roman audience. And so, because it's a Roman audience, and because of the um, the efficiency and uh, and speed, his is a very very brief gospel uh, that that very quickly gets to his point. Um, John is writing that a a theological gospel a a gospel that really wants to position Jesus as the son of God of of one being with the father light from light true God from true God begotten not made Um, and so he, he has a very very specific goal in mind and so he curates the signs which he puts on display um, he curates them specifically uh, to his purpose of writing the book he doesn't give every single um, he doesn't give every single miracle he gives the miracles uh, that ultimately will achieve his end for writing his specific gospel account. Um, I I want to go to our next question Which we've received via Facebook Um, I see it comes in from Dorothy Dorothy it's always good to have you with us Another long time listener Thank you for writing in Uh, She says greetings in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ Is our Lord Jesus Christ in heaven In his old body uh, Or in the flesh I'm a bit confused and uh, uh, sure thanks Dorothy I, I, I appreciate the the clarification that you've asked for and I, I do want to be clear uh, in terms of the question Dorothy we read and so that we can say the Bible says we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 a number of, of very interesting things about our glorified bodies the bodies that we are going to receive on the other side of the resurrection uh, just so that we've got a little bit of uh, context and clarity I'm going to read from verse 50 of 1 Corinthians chapter 15 we read the following and the Bible says I tell you this brothers flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable behold I tell you a mystery we shall not all sleep but we shall all be changed in a moment in a twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and we shall be changed for this perishable body must put on the imperishable and this mortal body must put on immortality when the perishable puts on the imperishable and the mortal puts on immortality then shall come to pass the saying which is written death is swallowed up in victory O death where is your victory O death where is your sting and uh, the apostle Paul ends off the section by saying the sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ therefore my brothers and sisters be steadfast immovable always abounding in the work of the Lord knowing that, that in the Lord your labor is not in vain I read that passage really to highlight this section uh, which we find in verse 53 this perishable body must put on the imperishable and this mortal body must put on immortality and to say this Dorothy it appears in glory and now we're looking forward to something which we haven't yet experienced right and so there's always going to be a little bit of a fuzzy haze we're not going to understand this in its entirety but it would seem in glory uh, at the resurrection that we are raised in physical bodies and yet these physical bodies aren't exactly the same (laughs) as the physical bodies we have now for one uh, these physical bodies uh, will be immortal They, they won't pass away Currently, the bodies that we, that we have, um, they are, um, because of the fall of mankind into sin, and because sin has really affected every part of creation, these physical bodies are wasting away. Uh, we die. We experience the first death. But at our resurrection we will be raised into physical bodies that will not have the same realities of the fall in them. They won't be exposed to the curse that we came under and therefore experienced the first death. We will be raised immortal. We will be raised with imperishable bodies. Now when we look at the person of Jesus Christ uh, it would seem that he has gone before us right he has he has died but Jesus Christ has been risen from the grave and as the first fruits of salvation it would appear that that uh, that he already experiences in every way this Um, Peculiar uh, Immortal and imperishable Body Um, uh, Jesus for instance as we look at the end of The gospel of John uh, Because that's where we were at previously um, Has a body which is not constrained By space and time now that very very Well might be because he is Deity um, and so at the End of the gospel of Matthew He says "Um, and behold I will Be with you always even to the end of the Age that might have been uh, An indication of I will be with you through my spirit who I'll impart to you and will remain with you but it also might uh, I mean it also is a very real sense the presence of Jesus Christ is with us he is our shepherd uh, even in the midst of the darkest um, most terrible valleys that we go through and um, but certainly in his resurrected form um before his ascension at the end of the book of John um Jesus Christ had a body which could pass through the locked doors uh, into the room in which the disciples uh, were at Um it says in verse 19 of chapter 20 on the evening that the disciple uh, of that day the first day of the week that's uh, Uh, that would be the Lord's day Uh, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews Jesus came and stood among them and said to them peace be with you and so it seems that that Jesus Christ has a a body that that he can do most extraordinary things with and yet it is a physical body because we read in the same chapter in fact in the very next verse uh, he says peace be with you and then after he had said this he showed them his hands and his side and the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord if you skip a little bit later down to the the account with Thomas um, eight days later the disciples were inside again and Thomas was with them and although the doors again were locked Jesus came and stood among them and said peace be with you and then he said to Thomas put your finger here and see my hands and put your hand here and place it in my side do not disbelieve but believe and so Jesus Christ risen from the grave has a body form has a has 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 a physical form that can be touched uh, in another one of the uh, gospel accounts uh, the account of Luke just before Jesus Christ ascends into heaven um, Jesus meets his disciples uh, on the sea of uh, of um of uh oh actually, you know what it's it's uh, it's the next chapter in the book of John He, he meets his disciples on the sea of Tiberius uh, and uh, Peter sees him from the boat and jumps overboard and swims to to the beach and uh, and they sit with jesus and and they eat fish which he had prepared for him uh, in another county. He asks for broiled fish and he and he eats so that they can see that he's not a ghost because they are scared of this uh, worried that this is an apparition. But instead it's a physical form, a, a physical body. We again, and this is in some ways I guess connected to the question that John asked, um, we, we see this again in the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation, one of my one of my favorite pictures of worship, of high praise in heaven, um, can be seen uh, in chapter 5. And in chapter 5 uh, it talks about uh, the worship of Jesus Christ. And it talks about him taking the strength, Uh, And the praises are are, are given to one who is at once a a lamb and and at once a lion of the tribe of Judah Uh, This this picture that Jesus Christ who came into this world in bodily form Physical bodily form, fully God and fully man Died for our sins but upon resurrection uh, He has taken bodily form again just like we will that makes him the fruit, the first fruits of our salvation, the first fruits of, uh, of, this, of this resurrection, this great resurrection. And gives us great confidence that if God can raise Jesus from the dead, if Jesus can raise himself from the dead, then friends, God can raise us from the dead, uh, which obviously just stirs our hearts uh, to praise. Erica Grunewald asks the question, does Jesus still heal miraculously in our day? Hello Erica, it's always good to have you with us uh, Another long time listener um, So the the questions are pouring in this morning And uh, I, I see that there are questions from uh, Jennifer uh, Who says that she has uh, tuned in Hi Jennifer, lovely to have you with us From Liesl as well as from Savannah um, Erica's question is Does Jesus still heal Miraculously in our day, and the, the short answer to that, Erica, is yes. Um, we are encouraged all over scripture, um, to pray, um, and even to pray when we are in need of healing, uh, and um, and and we can pray expecting that God will answer our prayers, um, now. The healing comes from God and sometimes when we pray we are not praying according to his will because God has other intentions for what we are currently going through. Maybe it's to teach us, maybe it's to reform us, maybe it's to discipline us, Uh, I, I don't know Uh, specific circumstances but certainly one of the reasons why we might be ill is that God might bring glory to himself uh, and encourage us as as he heals us Um, and so an example of that uh, so that we can say the Bible says is found in the book of James in the book of James it says the following um, and it's the prayer of faith Uh, is anyone among you suffering verse 13 this could very well be talking of some kind of depressive state let him pray is anyone cheerful let him sing praise is any among you sick let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him anointing him with the oil in the name of the Lord and the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up and if he has committed sins he will be forgiven and therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed the prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working Elijah was a man uh, with a nature like ours and he prayed fervently that it might not rain and for three uh, and for three years uh, and six months it did not rain on the earth and then he prayed again and the heaven gave rain and the earth bore its fruit he goes on to say that my brothers if anyone among you wonders from the truth and someone brings him back let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wanderings will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. Now there's a lot going on at the end of the book of James but it would seem as we put it all together uh, that there is a person who is suffering severely. Um, it would seem that they are probably suffering under an emotional toll and that emotional toll could very well be connected to some kind of sin, some kind of unconfessed sin or some kind of habitual sin in their life. It would also seem that this habitual sin, this unconfessed sin has given, has resulted in some kind of manifest illness. And the answer here is for them to confess their sins, uh, to call for the elders, to confess their sins and for the elders to pray with them, the elders of the local church Uh, that's what James is uh, is indicating at the end of his epistle I'm putting all of that together um, number one um, we do get sick in this world number two our God is sovereign over all things number three uh, we can ask him for anything and trusting that he is a good God and he gives his children good gifts and uh, number four if it's God's will to heal he's most certainly will and um, he is powerful and able to do just that um, and so when we pray uh we ought to pray according to God's will and there's nothing wrong with children asking for good gifts from God and um, there's nothing wrong for us asking for healing uh, for those that we love and even for ourselves let me go into another question that's come in again via Facebook Facebook seems to be uh, where all the questions are coming in this morning would encourage you uh, if you are wanting to ask a question to consider calling into the studio Maxwell is sitting there excitedly waiting for your question with a big smile on his face his hand is hovering over the telephone even as we speak the number that you can write down right now is 012 334 1322 I'm looking forward to speaking to you uh, live on air, Savannah asked this question via Facebook. Hi, I just tuned in after washing my dishes. I love this teaching about Jesus' healing, and John chapter nine is so beautiful, as well as Psalm two. What you read really touched my heart this morning. Ah, Savannah, I thought it was a question I, I was waiting for the question to come out. It was just an encouragement. Um, well, let me not say just an encouragement. Thank you. That is encouraging. Um, I love God's word. Um, I, I, I'm I'm most. Uh, amazed and and have absolute joy in just reading God's Word but I also love the way that God's Word which is without error is sufficient for all matters of life and godliness it it, it, it covers everything that we need in this life it's not like God has left us without knowledge of what his will is for our lives and uh, and how we can approach him I see uh, somebody named Liesel that's the name of my wife um, responded uh, regarding Erica's question does Jesus heal miraculously in our day and she said I have no doubt that Jesus still heals and often there are miraculous healing maybe after the break I will recount a miraculous healing that Liesl and I experienced a few years ago friends it's 10 o'clock which means that we are at the top of the hour we are going to go to a, a song break now we're going to listen to come now is the time sung by the group amen well listeners it is good to be back with you for the second hour of table talk with mark this morning you are listening to radio pulpit 657 am and radio k pulpit 729 am with me your host mark penrith Uh, as i said in the first half of the show i'm a husband of one wife liesel I have three children Caitlin, Catherine and Thomas and I am the pastor at Central Baptist Church right here in Pretoria um, where I serve God's people and am looking forward to preaching on Sunday um, and preaching about righteousness which comes uh, as part of this faith that we have put in Jesus Christ our Lord and our Saviour how he sets us apart to righteousness. friends. Uh, just before our break uh, we were talking about miracles um eric had asked a very probing question uh does jesus christ still um is he still a miracle working god is god still a miracle working god um and uh, I I did notice that some folk uh, online have given a number of answers and uh, I want to continue this conversation because it is so important I want to give you a a reference right at the beginning uh, to 3 John in 3 John we have uh, the Apostle John uh, writing as an elder to the beloved Gaius whom I love in truth that's in verse 1 And then John goes on to say and uh, I preached this a a, a few months ago beloved I pray that it may go well with you and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul and then he goes on to say for I rejoice greatly when the brothers came and testified to your truth as indeed you are walking in the truth and I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth actually it's such a short book uh, 3 John I could really read it to the end of the <laughs> to the end of the chapter it would hardly take any time at all but, but but really I want to draw your attention to the Apostle John's prayer for Gaius and it's this that it may go well with you and that seems to be an all of life prayer an overarching prayer uh, this idea that, that uh, in all of your life uh, your paths might be straight and God might bless you he then gets very specific, and he says, "And that you may be in good health." It's not wrong to pray for the health of people that we love, um, because God is a good God, and He hears our prayers. Uh, and then, last, that it goes well with your soul. Um, just this importance of uh, of of uh, of soul care um, that the Apostle John is exercising uh, in the in the letter of three John uh, is uh, such an important. Uh, Note uh, To make I want to talk A little bit more About miracles um, Because we live In a world That demands a sign and uh, maybe just to say that in scripture we talk about uh, signs we talk about wonders and we talk about miracles all of those really reflecting uh, especially in the book of Acts uh, this idea that a miracle is miraculous it's it's God piercing through time and space and matter uh, into our into our world um, and, and moving our world in a way which is not providential but miraculous now providence and miracles are both supernatural it's God working but in providence God works out all things uh, according to his own means and he, and he uses the natural order in order to achieve his will which cannot be thwarted. Um, we would say that you know in providence God might have caused it to rain which meant that I was indoors which meant I got to meet with a specific person at a specific time and address a specific um, um, issue that was in their life and, and that was a sweet providence of God. God brought all of those things together um and and allowed us uh to 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 meet it's a supernatural movement of God that he uses all things together to achieve his own ends a miraculous movement of God is when he doesn't use the normal ordinary means of the world to achieve his will, his will but rather he, he pierces that and moves things of his own volition a miracle would be an axe head floating on water a miracle would be the sun stopping uh, in the sky I'm thinking of some of the miracles in the Old Testament a miracle would be a talking donkey a miracle uh, in the New Testament would be a man born blind um being given his sight uh, a miracle would be Jesus I mean in the book of John it's most staggering Jesus cried out with a loud voice Lazarus come out and Lazarus four days dead is brought back to life these are miracles they're supernatural but they're supernatural interventions where God has changed the natural order of things they are absolutely amazing they truly are amazing let me say that miracles are intended these kinds of miracles are intended to elicit wonder within the people that behold them and wonder is like amazement awe this is incredible this is absolutely indescribably amazing (laughs) I I just think of the response of the people on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit fell in chapter 2 and divided like tongues of fire and settled upon those in the upper room maybe 120 in a prayer meeting and and they came out of that room and because there had been this mighty rushing wind a, a massive crowd had gathered and there were people gathered from all over the Roman Empire and Galileans who weren't known as being erudite well-spoken people started to speak in languages known to men they were speaking to Medes and Mesopotamians and folk from Crete and folk from the farthest reaches of uh, the Roman Empire in the languages that these people understood well that was a miracle it was miraculous they hadn't learnt these languages these languages were given to them by the Holy Spirit And it created much wonder in the in the in the minds of the people who observed this miracle they they were they were filled with awe these men were declaring the great and glorious works of the lord well miracles ultimately are signs they point to something so they're miraculous they spiritual interventions of god they wonders they they elicit this this amazement within the the hearts and the minds of those who see them but ultimately they signs they point to something they always point to something the purpose of miracles was to authenticate the performer of the miracles in Acts chapter 2 verse 22 for instance we read and that's why we're going back to Acts chapter 2 the day of Pentecost we read the apostle Peter saying men of Israel read Hear these words, Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst as you yourselves know. In other words, the miracles which Jesus did underscored who he was, that he was being attested to by God. In actual fact as we read the book of John you see that over and over again I'm I'm just thinking back to John chapter 3 when, when Nicodemus meets with Jesus and he says we know that you must come from God because no one else could do these things. Um, we, we see this uh, in the response of people through the Gospel of John um, recognizing uh, that Jesus uh, is sent by God precisely because God has given him this miraculous power in fact Jesus himself appeals to this and, and says listen if you don't believe me <laughs> believe the works believe the works which God has given me we also see though that this idea of miracles um, eliciting wonder and being signs that attest to authenticate the performer of the miracles we we see this applied to the apostles in the book of 2 Corinthians in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 we read that the signs of a true apostle were performed among you with utmost patience with signs and wonders and mighty works now again we see this repetition of these three words this idea of of miracles being these mighty works these miracles wonders uh, that's eliciting this awe within us and signs that they, they point to something in this case they were the signs of the true apostle which were performed among them um, with utmost patience um, the gospel um, in hebrews chapter 2 verse 4 it says this of the gospel while well, God also bore witness by signs and wonders and various miracles again those three words in close proximity this idea of miracle signs and wonders and by the gifts of the holy spirit distributed according to his will um, and all of that to make this point that miracles are supernatural in- interventions of God that they are given to elicit wonders and, a wonder within us uh, awe and, and, and absolute amazement astonishment and that they are signs which ultimately need to point to God and he uses them to authenticate the performer of miracles um, as he did with Jesus Christ and with the apostles and the uh, and the power of the gospel Now I I said I'd I'd give you a a personal testimony of a miracle Erica uh, that's happened in in Liesl and my life um, where God um, not providentially but miraculously um, uh, intervened in our lives Um, A number of years ago And when I say a number of years ago I'm talking like 20 years ago When we were first married um, uh, I keep on saying that, sorry Uh, Liesl developed a uh, a, a kind of a swollen lump On the side of her head And in reality uh, it became painful We went into our doctor Our doctor looked at it And said that he was troubled by it um, And suggested that what they would need to do Is uh, remove the lump and send it away uh, for you know biopsy or, or whatever they do uh, with these things and uh, obviously this troubled a uh, 20 year old Mark and a 20 year old um massively uh, I mean I can remember when I first got the news um, uh, I I was in a bathroom and I broke down in tears. I tried to phone my dad, and I couldn't even get words out. I was so troubled. Um, I was absolutely shattered, that my 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 young bride, um, was going to need to go in for surgery, and the possibility is that it was something very scary that we didn't know about. Um, my dad, on the other side of the line, being a mature believer, a mature Christian, um, recognised that I couldn't even speak. I, I couldn't. Uh, in fact, even my crying was like was like deep gut. Gutted gasps And um, my dad said uh, My boy I don't know what's going on I'm just going to pray for you And he prayed for me I remember that so distinctly I remember getting in my car And and driving to Liesel And phoning our pastor His name was John French at the time and saying to John and just weeping in the car, um, I think I had a hands-free cat, and um, weeping in the car, driving home to Liesel, just of um of a deep fear and, and and John speaking to me as a very young Christian, this was this would have been months into our into our Christian walk. Um, John speaking to me and 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 saying, you know, Mark, God's got this. <laughs> Even in the midst of your valley of despair, Jesus is with you. Um and you need to entrust all of this to him. Um, and the church started praying for us I mean the church really prayed for us now not every single prayer results in a miracle that's just the truth I've I've seen this over and over again that uh, sometimes God answers our prayers with a with a yes I'll do this as you have asked and sometimes he answers our prayers with a no um, this is not my will uh, at this time uh, and sometimes we pray for a very long time before we see the hand of God moving uh, According to what we were asking, but in this case what happened was uh, a Week later. We checked into Sunning Hill Hospital and uh, Liesl got into one of those ridiculous uh, you know green dresses for surgery and she was seated on the on the bed and uh, the nurse came in in order to shave her head and uh, as the nurse came in she said which side of the head must I shave and Liesl said the right hand side she said no honey it can't be the right hand side there's nothing there so Liesl said oh maybe it's the left and she felt there there was nothing there either and I remember the doctor and the surgeon came in the GP and the surgeon he was going to accompany the surgeon came in in order to examine Liesl before the surgery and uh, (laughs) Dr. Ver put his hands on the side of Liesl's head and it was gone it was just gone (laughs) it completely disappeared well the wonder and the awe and the amazement in the life of Liesel and I was was through the roof um to say that we have seen the mighty works of God even performed in our own lives is an understatement and it certainly has fueled us and carried us for many many years just the joy of knowing that our God does respond to prayer and we're so grateful that we serve a miracle-working God, but what I what I also want to, because there's another nuance that I want to bring to this conversation, um, and that's this, friends. We need to be so careful when it comes to miracles. We live in a world which loves miracles more than they love Jesus, and um, Jesus speaks about them again in the Gospel of John. I don't know if you remember the feeding of I'm fairly certain it was the five thousand men um where he broke fish and broke bread and and fed their bellies, and they wanted to make him king, and so uh, he was whisked away or he whisked himself away to a quiet place. Later, um, there's, a, there's a miracle which happens on the Sea of Galilee, on the Sea of Tiberius, and they, they move between one uh, port and another and the people recognize that they're not there and they get into boats um, because people arrive with boats and the people kind of chase Jesus down and in an, an incredible indictment against people who look for miracles rather than Jesus Jesus says I know that you're seeking me Because your bellies were made full And that's what you want again You don't want me You don't want the Messiah Um, you, you need to eat my body and drink my blood But you will not do that And in actual fact at the end of that narrative portion of scripture I'm fairly certain it's John chapter 6 Um, So many disciples leave Jesus Because the teaching is so difficult uh, This teaching of of Jesus saying I'm not going to do a miracle for you because you need a greater miracle you you need salvation and rather than rather than salvation they wanted their bellies filled or they wanted their healing or they wanted their breakthrough or whatever that might be today friends we, we need a be very very careful around things like this uh, another passage of scripture actually comes to mind now that I'm talking and uh, and on a roll and that's in the book of Luke uh, Matthew Mark Luke and John Luke chapter 16 In Luke chapter 16 you have the the story the parable and you'd know this well and I, I say the story the parable of uh, the rich man and, and Lazarus because it does appear to be a parable it's got elements of parabolic language in it and um, but because Lazarus is named um, it, it seems to be set forward as a statement of fact and so uh, I'm going to call it a story rather than a classic parable but it says there that there was a rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen who feasted on uh, who feasted sumptuously every day and at his gate was laid a poor man named Lazarus covered in sores who desired to be fed with what fell from the rich man's table moreover even the dogs came and licked his sores I mean shame this guy was in a terrible state the poor man dies and was carried away by the angels to Abraham's side and the rich man also died and was buried and in Hades in other words um, the poor man has gone to Abraham's side to 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 paradise and we can have a conversation on what that is another day um, but the rich man who's died has gone to Hades he's in, now in torment and he lifts up his eyes and saw Abraham far off and Lazarus at his side and he called out Father Abraham have mercy on me and send Lazarus to dip the end of his finger in water and cool my tongue for I'm in anguish in this flame I mean this is this is scary stuff friends um, this is talking about uh, an eternity uh, on the other side of death uh, and an eternity which, which is not a, a nice place or a pleasant place to be um, this is talking about anguish and gnashing of teeth and a, a place which is dark and horrible but Abraham says to this man to, to this Lazarus uh, child Remember that in your lifetime you received good things, and Lazarus in like manner bad things. But now he has been comforted here, and you are in anguish. And besides all this, between us there is a great chasm that has been fixed, in order that those who had passed from here to you may not be able, uh, and none may cross from here to there to us. And then he said well then I beg you father to send him to my father's house for I have five brothers so that he may warn them lest they also come into this place of torment and Abraham said they have Moses and the prophets in other words they have the scriptures let them hear them and he said no father Abraham but if someone goes to them from the dead they will repent and he said to them Abraham said to Lazarus if they do not hear Moses and the prophets neither will they be convinced if someone should rise from the dead And here's the warning in the context of miracles I believe in a miracle working God I believe that we ought to pray to God for our needs um, and when he providentially gives them we should give glory to him I think we should pray to God um, for our needs that go beyond providence healing and when he gives healing we should praise him and glorify his name But friends miracles don't save That's the bottom line, that's what we learn from the book of of Lazarus (laughs) From the story of Lazarus in Luke chapter 16 and that's what we learn from Jesus' discussion in John chapter 6 Miracles don't save Uh, Faith and trust in Jesus Christ, the scriptures, the good news of the gospel as it's been given to us uh, in his word This is what saves and we need to put our faith and our trust in Jesus Christ as our Lord and our Saviour when God gives miracles we can praise him um, and we can uh, exalt his most holy name Um, but, but our faith doesn't rest on miracles our faith needs to rest on his word because his word is faithful and true it is the revelation of God to us in his word we see the person of Jesus Christ and Jesus is most good most glorious most wonderful most worthy of our praise and so as we gaze into his word and we see the person of Jesus as we hear the gospel message that we have sinned and desperately need a savior, that Jesus died in our place, that he rose from the grave and that all men must repent and put their faith and their trust in him. Friends that is what saves us and and that is what we must stake our faith in. Lazarus was wrong when he said if somebody risen from the dead had to go and proclaim the gospel people would believe. No they wouldn't. They would just make up another excuse why they hate God because ultimately that's what they do They they don't love God Thank you so much for that uh, question Erica I truly uh, appreciate it And enjoy your interactions uh, uh, Gay Penrith Who is another frequent listener Says hallelujah praise God For all answered prayers Amen We are to give God much praise and glory For answered prayers We've got a number of questions uh, Related to to dreams and related uh, to visions in these days uh, including Joel chapter 2 verse 28 and Hebrews chapter 1 verse 2. Um, Let's take a look at those that come in from Dorothy and so we're going to just read those passages of scripture. In terms of Joel chapter 2 verse verse 28 Dorothy I'm, I'm actually going to read that portion of scripture because it's quoted in the New Testament again in the book of Acts chapter 2 and because we've been in the book of Acts chapter 2 uh, this morning I think it'll be helpful to read it from there um, and I'm going to pick up the narrative from verse 14 this is after uh, the the disciples have spoken in tongues known to men um, after they have made this accusation they were amazed and perplexed and said to one another what does this mean but others mocked and said they've been filled with new wine Peter stands up from amongst the eleven and he lifts up his voice and he addresses them and he says men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem let this be known to you and give ear to my words for these people are not drunk as you suppose since it is only the third hour of the day but this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel so Dorothy uh, here comes the text that you were referring to I'm fairly certain um, and Joel the, the Apostle is quoted by Peter as saying this and in the last days it shall be that God declares that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams and even on my male servants and and female servants in those days I will pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy and then he goes on to say and I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the day of the Lord comes, the great and magnificent day. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Uh, Peter uses that as a launch pad really for the gospel as he then presents Jesus Christ as the anointed one as the Christ as the Messiah he says you the people of Jerusalem you put Jesus to death and then he talks about the the resurrection of Jesus and the ascension of Jesus into heaven and says that jesus is going to come back again and he's going to i mean he's going to come back in judgment and so in terror the people of jerusalem then say well then what must we do to be saved what, what must we do in response to this to this to this accusation of us killing the messiah and of the messiah coming again to judge the living and the dead and the answer that peter gives on the day is, repent and be baptized every one of you for the forgiveness of sins and uh, and really most remarkably 3,000 people on that day confess their sins and believe and are baptized and are added to the number and uh, the church then becomes what 3,120 souls (laughs) maybe 3,000 souls if we go with uh, verse I think it's 41 Uh, yeah verse 41 3,000 souls that day were added to the church the church is then described the Jerusalem church is described it from verse 42 to verse forty-seven. That's the context of the whole chapter, but back to this. Um, back to this discussion of of Joel. Um, Joel talks about visions and dreams, male and female servants, old and young, um, sons and daughters, uh, basically uh, um, prophesying and 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 having these dreams and these visions. Uh, Peter very specifically says that uh, that there is an element of fulfilment of this prophecy uh, in the prophet Joel and I do want to make a distinction because we see fulfillment of the prophecy probably from verse 17 through to verse 19 and then we see elements of this prophecy which are near fulfillment in other words they haven't been fulfilled yet but we can expect them to the sun being turned to darkness and the moon to blood we'd expect that to happen just before the the day of the Lord comes the second coming of Jesus Christ the great and magnificent day and so we see fulfillment of Joel uh, in Acts chapter 2 And then we see this 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 fulfillment that is still coming From what Joel said uh, At the end of the age In Hebrews chapter 1 Verse 1 and 2 We have this discussion in terms of Revelation In terms of how God has revealed himself to us But more important It's really talking about the supremacy of God's son It's talking about the absolute supremacy Of Jesus Christ That he is He is I mean he is above all things and it starts off in verse one by saying long ago at many times and in many ways God spoke to our fathers by the prophets in other words in times past God has spoken to our fathers that would be Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph and others um, and by the prophets that would be Isaiah, Daniel, Ezekiel, Jeremiah and others but in these last days Uh, and again this is the supremacy of Jesus Christ in these last days he has spoken to us by his son whom he has appointed the heir of all things through whom he created the world He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature and he upholds the universe by the word of his power just an absolutely staggering picture of the excellencies of Jesus Christ Uh, I mean I think back to that first call um, by John earlier on and just the, the, the value and the worth of Jesus Christ to be praised it then goes on to say that after making purification for sins that would be speaking of his death he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high that would be talking about his ascension into heaven and his current state uh, in heaven having been made and become as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs basically what the author in Hebrews is saying is Jesus Christ is above and beyond everything in the past, we received information from God, from our fathers, and from the prophets. But now we have received the final revelation through the person of Jesus Christ. And Jesus' work has been done. It's complete. He has made purification. And not only that, He has sat down at the right hand of the Father. His revelation is finished. It is final. Uh, it is complete in every way. Um, I mean, to bring it back. Dorothy says are dreams still relevant these days do they still have meaning these days um, and then she quotes those two verses I don't think that those two verses unequivocally answer your question Dorothy um, but those two verses do certainly give us some indication uh, that in the past God engaged with us in various different ways whether that be dreams visions um, writings uh, direct revelation, um, but in these last days he has revealed himself through Jesus Christ, and that is a superior that's the point that the writer of Hebrews is trying to make that is a superior revelation um the, this final revelation of Jesus Christ. Of course, this revelation is encapsulated for us in god 's word the sixty six books of the Bible. Um, from beginning to end the Word of God um, able to build us up in the Holy Faith um, able to give us salvation um, all that we need for life and for godliness um, Does God and can God still speak in dreams? Um, I certainly have heard accounts of people who have dream dreams and based on those dreams have sought out the church or sought out God's Word Um, for confirmation and God has used those dreams um, as ways of providentially bringing them to himself Um, and so I I will give that a little bit of thought and come back to you next week Dorothy as I as I ponder your question a little bit more in the meantime we have Minnie on the phone Minnie thanks for holding I realize I was in the middle of a question uh, when you phoned in Mark, I enjoy your
2: program right? I just want to know something Sure uh, What happens if a person commits suicide And doesn't even note And you don't come to a close so What happens? Mm.
0: Thank you for the question, Minnie. Can I, can I no, just No,
2: you know what, Because mm. You know what My brother's mate has 25 or 24 years now He never left a out And my poor mother never accepted his death
0: because we can, but you can't come to a Mm Hmm. Okay, Mani, thank you so much for the question. I'm going to answer it as best as I can and I realize that this would be very, very close to your heart and um, this certainly would be uh, a question that that would cause great pain for many people that are listening in. So uh, let me start by by saying this. I'm not a, a judge um, uh each one of us will stand before Jesus Christ and and he himself will judge us and so um, it would be very dangerous for me to stand of in judgment over anyone and um, particularly as I don't know the circumstances of, of anyone's life and of anyone's death but many I, I do know this the Bible is, is clear about two things number one um, a suicide is is a sin uh, it is it would be the same as as committing a murder and the reason why I say that is because in God's Word God is very clear that human life is sacred and human life is precious and so we must start the conversation by saying that but then after that many let me also say that those are who are in Christ are in Christ for all eternity and he holds them very very dear Um, I think of the book of Romans and I think of Romans chapter 8 which talks about not even life and death being able to separate us from the person of Jesus Christ and from his great and awesome love. So on the one hand let me say that suicide is a sin but on the other hand let me say that those who are in Christ are in Christ and it's him who holds them in him. When it comes to suicide, one of the difficulties is we don't have any way of evaluating what motivated people. We don't have any way of going back to them and having conversations in terms of where were they, in terms of faith and all of these things. And so very often we either have to entrust them to Jesus Christ and to final judgment, um, or we have to remember their clear evidence and profession of faith while they were still alive and we need to remember that those who are in Christ are in Christ where never mind the circumstances of their death Um many I, I want to read Romans chapter 8 to you and um, that it might be a comfort and and I don't know what the spiritual state of the person that you're talking about was um at their point of death but If they were in Christ, if they had put their faith and their trust in Jesus Christ as their Lord and their Savior, then this would be true of them. It says in the book of Romans, What shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also be with uh, him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Knowing all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers Nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth Nor anything else in all creation Will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord And so to to, um, to answer your question cre- I do
2: understand I do understand because I'm a child of the Lord Yes But I just want to know How do you find closure You know what I mean?
0: Yes So it's, So many I don't
2: know how to explain it to you Because You know like, When it comes to April I can't take that month Yeah But thanks Mark And I enjoy your program eh?
0: Yes Well many thanks, thanks for calling in I, I do want to give you some encouragement And say Um I meaning we're not able to to speak to those who have gone before us, and we think of oh, no. of, of even that story of Lazarus and uh, and uh, and the poor man. Uh, there's a great chasm which separates the living from the dead, and so we can't get closure with those who have been taken from us um, without us having the ability to find that closure. But what we can do is we can entrust ourselves, our hearts, and entrust them. the person of Jesus Christ um, because ultimately um, Jesus is the judge and Jesus also is the person who holds those who are in Christ to himself and so if you are to find closure many you must find closure in the person of Jesus Christ trusting that he is both at once good and just Um, and yeah many my my prayers certainly will be will be for you even this afternoon uh, as I'm praying after the show um okay. yeah, oh, oh, thanks for phoning Thank in many. Oh God bless. Bye. Bye. Friends, we have so many questions that have come in on various different channels, whether that be um as folk have called in and I am very grateful uh for those who have uh, who have phoned in this uh, this morning. Um we have also had a number of uh of phone calls that have come in um on um on uh, uh, facebook and we also have stacks of things which have come in uh, via whatsapp i'm probably not going to be able to deal with everything but for now let's uh let's see how many we can go through this morning uh, janice asks via whatsapp i think what happens to those who are left behind with a question mark uh, janice I'm just going to assume that when you say those who are left behind you are talking about raptizo you are talking about the rapture you're talking about end times Um, and maybe just to uh, remind those who are listening in there are different views as to how things shake out at the end Uh, in the book of Revelation there's different views as to how the book of Revelation uh, works out and how other unfulfilled prophecy in Scripture works out towards the end of time Um, But for myself this is what I would see happens uh, Janine according to your question there will be a time where there is a rapture and the church is removed from the world um, we would see that as happening in the in-between section of the book of Revelation so you've got Revelation 1 to 3 which are the letters to the churches and then you've got a short section of, of high praise a, a gaze into heaven um, and then after that you've got this, this cyclical mess of the world uh, a world without the church in it um, a world which is just going from bad to worse to whatever comes after worse and um, you have seals and trumpets and, and scrolls which are broken and the wrath of God poured out on the world and as you get to the end of the book of Revelation what you have is a rider on a white horse Jesus Christ King of kings and Lord of lords coming back um, and judging the rest of the world which remains uh, setting up a millennial kingdom which was a question that was asked a couple of weeks ago uh, where would you go for um uh, for scripture related to the millennial kingdom, well, the book of Revelation contains uh, contains the section that I would go to, and then finally a uh, judgment, a great white throne judgment, and and then a new heaven and a new earth, and an eternal state being set, set up. Janine, if I've if I've understood your question correctly, it's this: uh, it's the question, what happens to those who are left behind? Well, those who are left behind face the horrors of a world. Without maybe the sanctifying presence of the Holy Spirit being amongst it, um, restraining sin. Uh, as you read in chapter 8 you read of of seals been um, uh, been broken uh, the uh, uh, you know right from sorry chapter six and onward um seven seals been broken and and massive amounts of the world population dying and coming under the wrath of God a little bit later uh, you read uh, of, um, of 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 this dragon and this beast uh, that rises and uh, and you read of trumpets and just the, the world descends into absolute mess What happens to those who are left behind well they they sit under the the present judgment of God At the same time though, God is gracious and merciful and we read of those even over that period who come to faith Uh, I think of the 144,000 um, from the Jewish nation who turn and put their faith and their trust in Jesus Christ as their Lord and their Saviour through that process. Um, uh, the, the truth is our God is a God who is long-suffering and our God is the Lord of salvation. I think of the words of Jonah uh, in the book of Jonah uh, and we see people even coming to faith in the midst of all of that mayhem um, as God uh, seeks and, and saves uh, lost sheep even at the worst of times ultimately what happens is we get to the end of that process and those who stand against the person of Jesus Christ who remain even over that seven year period that seven year tribulation period and the great tribulation period remain steadfast in the animosity and the rebellion against Jesus Christ they face the full fire of his wrath as he comes again and judges the living and the dead those who have found Christ over that period they are spared they are translated uh, they worship Jesus Christ forever and ever um, and so uh, even in our present age uh, when we could say um, what happens to us now uh, well the world is set against Christ we read about that in Psalm chapter 2 they gnash their teeth against the king who God has set on his on his uh, royal mountain uh, in Zion Um and yet even amongst our world right now God is seeking and saving the lost and so the call on on all men I mean even in light of the conversation that we've just had related to suicide The call on all men is now. Now you are in the valley of decision. Cast yourself upon the person of Jesus Christ on his finished work on the cross. He is the great savior of the world. He saves, saves to the uttermost sinners, wretched sinners, even like me. (laughs) He wipes us as clean as snow and gives us his royal robes that we might wear. He takes his sin upon himself. And this morning he says Come to me all you who are weak and heavy laden And I will give you rest The scriptures clearly say Call on the name of the Lord And you will be saved uh, Profess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord Believe with your heart that God raised him from the dead And you will be saved You'll be saved from this, this present world In its fallen state Because that's what we've been talking about Basically the whole morning Just how messed up the world really is It's a horrible place Friends Jesus Christ saves us from this present mess. He gives us a new life in him. A life which is made fit for an imperishable body in the world to come. An eternity with him where we will praise and glorify the lamb even as we glorify God in heaven's glories. Friends, we are to be saved right now. Um, From our sins. We are to call upon the name of the Lord. It is urgent. Uh, It is necessary Uh, It is we must do this. We cannot delay. You cannot delay call on the name of the Lord and you will be saved and Maybe I, I mean, I'm just remembering back to Sunday school when I was a kid How do you grow in Christ if you recognize right now this very moment? your need for a savior and right now this very moment you call on the name of the lord jesus christ recognizing that he died for your sins and that he rose in power uh, from the grave if you repent of your sin turn away from your sin and put your faith and your trust in jesus christ as your lord and your savior right now how do you grow in christ on the other side of that profession where you read your bible you pray every day and you find a community of christians where you can be discipled you find a community of Christians where you, can, where you can link in with brothers and sisters who can help you to grow in your knowledge of God's word, in your knowledge of Jesus Christ, in your appreciation for what he has done and what he has saved you from and what he has saved you to. Friends, we all need Jesus. We need him every day. We need him each and every hour. I need him today. Um, where do we find him? We find him in his word, we find him in prayer. And we find him in his people uh, The body of Christ The church The universal church Made manifest in local churches uh, Scattered all around our country Go and find a good Bible teaching church And I say Bible teaching for this reason Friends, you need to go to a church Where the pastors, the elders, the Bible study leaders Are reading God's word And explaining God's word And making the meaning clear to you In ways that you understand Answering the difficult questions of life Trusting that God's word is without error And that it is sufficient for all matters of life and godliness That's what we need so that we can grow And so I, I really encourage you to um, um, To to seek out a church To read God's word uh, And to pray that you might grow uh, In your knowledge and in your love Of Jesus Christ who is Lord and Saviour As we As we start to come to the end of our Um, of our show this this morning in actual fact testimonies are are flooding in I'd have loved if some of you maybe left voice notes or or phoned in Um, but I'm going to read just one or two of these testimonies of the the grace of God in people's lives Um, I'm reading Jean's testimony I can testify that God still heals she talks about being healed of migraines that never came back which she had from being a teenager and she's now a granny of five praise the lord god is good to you uh, Janine I read a testimony from Penny who says I had a huge op for cancer and at uh, 2015 and God didn't heal me I now believe that this is a miracle that he didn't that can- the cancer ordeal became the beginning of a miracle of, of turning totally and 180 degrees back toward him and although I grew up in a Christian home I turned away from him and now I serve and love Christ with my whole heart, mind and soul thank you Lord for not healing me now I, I read both of those testimonies out and I put them forward toward you because um God is really threading all things together for the good. Uh we previously read from the book of Romans chapter 8 and uh, the reason why we read that was just to point someone to the fact that Jesus Christ has us in life and in death uh from the end of the book of Romans. But if we take a look at Romans chapter 8 and we read a little bit earlier in that chapter we read uh, these words um we read um in verse 28 that we know that for uh that for those who love God all things work together for good I gave testimony of a miracle in my life and in Liesl's wife L- L- Liesel's wife In Liesel's life uh, And we've just heard a testimony from Jean in her life As God used a, um, a, a miraculous intervention in our lives For good, for our encouragement and for our growth But yeah we also read uh, a sister in the Lord Penny's testimony of, of God not bringing healing And yet God using that for her good to turn her to him that she might rely on him uh, and and serve him and love him in all things and i, I would encourage you I, I don't know what you're going through today But I would encourage you to seek the Lord it is not wrong uh, to pray for physical healing we saw that in 3 John uh, chapter 1 verse 2 it is not wrong to pray for physical healing but when the Lord doesn't grant physical healing look and see what the Lord is using whatever you're going through for next week we've got a couple of things to speak about Uh, Committed that I'd come back to Dorothy's question around dreams as still being relevant in these days, and I also commit to coming back and talking a little bit about. Uh, The catastrophes that sometimes happen in our lives um, And the different ways that the Bible reveals That God uses even the difficult moments of life um, Ultimately for our good We're going to look at things like discipline We're going to look at things like correction We're going to look at things like salvation We're going to look at things like Ultimately bringing praise and glory to His names Friends, uh, that brings us to the end of this morning's show Thank you so much for joining us Our prayers, as they do each and every week, go out to all the elders and deacons who hold the line in local churches, as well as for missionaries serving in foreign fields. Even after the show today, I'm also going to be praying for those who called in and asked questions that the Lord would continue to reveal his will to you through his word and for any that received counsel that the Lord God would indeed be a balm in your life, that he would soothe you and comfort you and glorify himself in and through you. Our prayers are for and our much respect goes out to first responders, to police, our defense force, and to all those who dispense justice in our land. And I think of firefighters and paramedics and our nation's nurses who are so courageous and medical personnel as well as correctional facility officers. You've been listening to Table Talk with me, your host. We are going to a song you waited by Travis Green. And so until next week Friday, walk wisely, live holy, and testify zealously. God bless.